It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? Now there's a new team, and everybody's pretty much new, and I got their back. I want this thing to work. Everybody's got to get on the same page. JT the Brick. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be last-second losses. There's going to be a draft pick that doesn't make the team. Whatever it is, it's Raider Nation. JT, thanks for having me on. Always great to catch up with you, and keep it going, okay? I'll talk to you soon, man. And now... Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we wrap up another week on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the Silver and Black, uh, Black on a monster day today. What a day. Can't wait to tell you what's happening all day today. As I begin my day today, noon to 2, I'll host the pregame show for Compass Media Networks at the Torch at 3.15 to 5. Then I'm on the postgame immediately following the game for a little over an hour or so. As we wrap up, and we'll wrap up the preseason. So it starts for me, and it's going to end late, 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 late night with a bucket of Modellos in front of me, rewarding myself for a great week with you, the great fans of the Raider Nation. And what a night we had last night. Mark Davis uh, threw an event at the Delano Hotel on the roof, top for over 200 alumni who are here in town. And it was like walking through a Raiders living museum of the greatest of the all-time greats, from Pete Banizak to Phil Villapiano to Marcus Allen to Tim Brown, players from every different era, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, Rich Gannon and Barry Sims and Adam True sitting together breaking bread and all of it tied together on a beautiful, gorgeous night at a great luxury property. And again, this owner and this organization, they really hit it out of the park. So it was a fantastic night to lead into what is Alumni Weekend, which has now become one of the most important weekends all year for the Raiders because they take care of their alumni and they do it big. It used to be in Napa at a beautiful vineyard and at the practice facility. Now it's in Vegas and it's been elevated to the Winfield Club and the game and the alumni at halftime getting notified that they're coming out on the field. It's going to be unbelievable if you're at the game tonight. So it's really a great moment. I believe I've been known to exaggerate, but I've never lied. I've been known to exaggerate, but I've never lied to you. I think this is the largest crowd ever in NFL history for an alumni base. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, the NFL at the Super Bowl had the 100 greatest, 100 greatest players of all time. 100 guys. There's going to be over 200, well over 200 on the field today at Allegiant Stadium. So with all of that together, the entertainment Belichick's in town. Uh, Raiders got a cut from 80 to 53 coming up here, and some guys are playing. Guys got to play, not the Stars, but Mac Jones might play. For the Patriots, I'd like to see him go up against some corners and the safeties here who are not veterans and not Hall of Famers and not Pro Bowlers. We got a game. We got a game. And I'll save most of the down and dirty of the roster for the pregame show with Eric Allen a little bit later on today. But I thought we'd do two things today. Two things I'd like to do here in the first hour. Second hour, I'm packed. We got some interviews that we'll catch up on, but want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 on really two topics. The Leatherwood topic continues. It continues to grow because the Athletic went on a deep dive. They went on a really deep dive and brought in former four-time Pro Bowler Mitchell Swartz to break down Leatherwood. And it showed up in the Athletic today, and it's trending in the Raider Nation and it really pinpoints with video, and in the athletic, they screenshot pictures of the video 
of how much Leatherwood is struggling to the point where a pro bowl or four-time one was brought in to analyze the tape, and it was ugly. It was ugly. But, you know, the, Schwartz and the, and the writer talked about, you know, what they can do with Leatherwood if he gets better over the years to come. And will he make the roster or not? I always thought he'd make the roster. I always thought he would make the roster because that would be one hell of an expensive cut. So we'll see if he shows up tonight. And he should show up tonight. And again, I think he should make the team, but I'm not Dave Ziegler. If he doesn't show up tonight, if he does not show up tonight and something happens after practicing with this Patriot team for the joint practices, then it's going to be pretty easy to see the writing on the wall. If he shows up tonight and plays a great game, that'll be awesome. You know, for years, this fourth preseason game is usually about packing up and getting ready for the regular season. And again, I've shared with you, seems like over a decade, almost close to a decade, we were always up in Seattle, wrapping up the preseason in Seattle, usually losing a game, which didn't matter technically, but it mattered more to the Seahawks back in the day because Russell Wilson was playing a little bit. And then the Raiders would lose momentum a little bit. It didn't affect the opening of the season or not. You know, I could go back and look at all the games and the openers. But, you know, since the Raiders have moved to Vegas, they've opened up two marquee games at Allegiant Stadium to open up the season. First was with Drew Brees as Mrs. Davis, Carol Davis, lit the torch with no one in the stands. One of the most surreal, bizarre, whatever word you want to use. I'll never forget that night in the press box behind Brent Musburger and Lincoln Kennedy. Really being told you're not allowed to leave the press box. Let me make it clear. Do not get in an elevator. Do not go down to the second deck. Do not be seen anywhere. So we were all, and just a few of us, were up in that press box. A small media turnout, obviously, because of the COVID limitations, and the Raiders won. And then they opened up the stadium for the first time with fans, with Lamar Jackson, former MVP, and the Raiders won. And those were two big moments in Raider history. Opening Allegiant Stadium, back-to-back years with big wins against you could say two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I think Lamar Jackson's easily on the path of the Hall of Fame if he just continues to run and throw at this rate. And Drew Brees is going in with all of his bells and whistles. Now this year, the Raiders open up with Kyler Murray at home after a chip to Justin Herbert and the Chargers, which kind of feels like a home game for the Raiders in L.A. So with all of that happening, Mark Davis brought the alumni in because it's really hard to do it in the regular season. You can imagine what tickets are like. You know, for 240 guys, you can imagine what it cost uh, during the season. And we always do alumni weekend in the preseason. And this one's on steroids. This one's on massive steroids. So I just wanted to share a little bit of that with you tonight. And I thought it would be a good way to or today, a good way to open up the show with getting a call from you on what the alumni mean to you. We just did the summer of Cliff. I really want to thank you for enabling me to do that. And you knocked it out of the park. We paid tribute to Cliff Branch all summer in anticipation to the lead-up of his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Tremendous success with our feedback, all from you and everybody, including their passion and opinions about Cliff. I'd like to do that again today on this Getaway Friday before I head down to the stadium and, and get a call or two about the alumni and what they mean to you. This is now different. You should wear this with a badge of honor. You should wear this with pride that this alumni base treated by this owner is different than anything else in sports. Again, I don't remember Jerry Jones bringing in 200 guys. Robert Kraft has never done that. No one has. So why is it a big deal? It's a big deal because the Raiders launched in a brand-new football market in Vegas. And Mark Davis's plan from the beginning was to bring in Vegas up to speed 
with the history of the Raiders, which would be their alumni, their Super Bowls. We're going to have three of the Super Bowl MVPs, all three of them, in attendance tonight. So with all of this happening, it's really special here, and it's supposed to be for you. It's supposed to be for the older fans, the younger fans, and the fans who are just becoming Raider fans. Imagine if you're at the game today with your kid, and your kid's eight or nine years old, you know, 10 years old, and he used to like a certain team. Maybe the team was the Rams. Maybe the team's the Seahawks or whatever. And you could sit with your kid and go, look, this is a big moment. Look at what you're seeing right now on the, on the video boards. Look what you're seeing out there on the field. Isn't this a fan base you want to be a part of? Isn't this something that you want to be included with? Because the alumni include all the fans. I mean, we had a, I had a talk last night with Barry Sims and Stuart Schweigert. And Stuart Schweigert, former safety, and Barry's a great friend, and Barry was – you know, played on great Raider teams and was really a big part of that. Barry's got a lot of friends with the team like Gannon and all those guys. And Stuart Schweigert was telling me, you know, when he first left the Raiders and he was hearing some chirping from the fans that he didn't live up to hype and all that. And he said, I came around full circle and I started to meet these fans and I understood their passions about all that. And now he's a diehard Raider fan on top of a Raider alumni. He's not a Hall of Famer. But he played at a Hall of Fame level at Purdue where Drew Brees played. And, of course, Rod Woodson, who's in the Hall of Fame. So he's really proud to be a part of this franchise and these events. Also, i share a little bit later, uh, I sat with Pete Banizak. Uh, Pete Banizak is on the Mount Rushmore of great Raider running backs. He could never be removed. Let me make that point clear. And there's been good ones. Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson. Pete Banizak was there before all of them. Had two touchdowns in Super Bowl eleven. Uh, Fred Bolitnikoff's best friend, and he wasn't a good player. He was a great player when he left the Raiders. Then you have Clarence Davis and his era and what he was able to do along with Banizak. And then you go through the history of the Raiders. There's been a lot of good running backs, no doubt. Banizak could never be moved off the Mount Rushmore. It would take 10 years of future running backs to do that at a, at a great level. And he's walking with a cane. And I've spent time with Pete in Florida. He lived in St. Augustine before he moved to Atlanta to be with his kids and grandkids. And here's a guy walking through the crowd, smiling with his wife, with a cane, sitting down, and he's sitting down next to Marcus Allen, one of the greatest running backs of all time. And right next to him is Mark Van Egan. And all three of them, I just looked. I was like, wow. Again, it's like you're in a Raider museum to see these guys. And they all had big smiles on their faces, and they had a lot of fun. So I wanted to share some of the stories from last night. Mark Davis, Mrs. Davis, Carol Davis. Whenever she comes into a room, everybody gravitates to her, and she just sat down holding court with Ted Hendricks, you know, Morris Bradshaw, a lot of the older Raiders who are back, and it was just a beautiful night, really beautiful night. But let's also get to some football. Let's get to some football also, Raider fans, on what you think needs to happen with this roster here and what you're expecting to see coming up here because another column by Vinny in the Las Vegas Review-Journal and it talked about some of the moves and what some of these cops could be like coming forward. Uh, Vinny put out today, last chance to make an impression. Roster spots on the line as the preseason wraps up. And he talked about the Raiders in their running back room. Really difficult decision to get from 80 to 53. Britton Brown, for instance, has continued to push forward at running back. His play thus far makes you wonder if the Raiders would be taking a big risk in cutting him. I thought this was really important. If the Raiders opt to keep five wide receivers, the last roster spot likely comes down to Tyron Johnson and D.J. Turner. 
although they both played really good and the Raiders possibly can take six. Well, I would rather see the Raiders take six than three tight ends. I would rather see the Raiders take six wide receivers than five running backs, right? And then we wonder how many offensive linemen they're going to have to keep. And it all comes back to Leatherwood. And I'll say it again, and I'll say it next hour. The first two words on the cover of the Las Vegas Review-Journal today, which is one of the best sports pages in America, pound for pound, one of the best sports pages in America, long before we got professional sports here, by the way. It says, Alex Leatherwood and Clee Farrell, two controversial first-round picks of John Gruden and Mike Mayock, may be playing for their roster spots against the New England Patriots tonight as the preseason wraps up. I agree with that. Unfortunately, I like Cleve Farrell. He's been good to me. He's been good to the radio. He's good. Very good player, but he's not available. And he hasn't lived up to the hype of number four. Taking number four overall in the draft, he has lived up. He has not lived up anywhere near the level of a third-round pick, I would think, or a fourth-round pick, let alone the fourth pick overall. So if Cleve Farrell is here, for whatever reason, with the depth of the defensive line and the injuries early on when we saw Hankins, and, you know, the, the defensive tackles in the beginning of camp, that was a tough run for the Raiders because they didn't have Bilal Nichols and they didn't have Hankins. So what did Klee do? He wasn't out there practicing. He's not available. Gruden hated when players weren't available. I would assume it's the same thing here. You know, you got to be available or someone's going to take your job. And then when it comes down to Leatherwood, you know, we haven't talked to everybody on this yet, but we'd like to hear from you. Uh, last few times to talk about Leatherwood. He might not be here next Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when they make the cut. So if you want to keep Leatherwood and you think the Raiders should, give us a call at 702-365-9200. I don't know how you can be done, done with him. I have no idea how you can be done with a guy in his second year who pretty much played in all the games last year and was a two-time All-American, two-time national champion. I don't know how you could be done with him, but maybe they're done with him. Maybe they have no room for him. If he can't play, he can't play right tackle, and the Raiders think they have better guards than him, and he's going to be a backup guard, and he's not going to start at right tackle, then maybe you get a better player in here. And I think they're going to get one more offensive lineman coming down on cuts. So those are some of the things I'm talking about here. But I want to hear from you on the alumni and what they mean to you, and maybe one player that you think might get cut and could possibly save, save himself a job tonight. Normally, going into this last game, I'm not a big believer of the final roster spot, but I never played pro football. I don't know what that's like. I've seen the stories up close. I've heard the stories. The biggest story in the history of the sport of NFL football is Tom Brady, who was brought to camp as the fourth quarterback. Ladies and gentlemen, the Raiders have two. They just cut Nick Mullins or traded him, excuse me, to Minnesota. So they have two quarterbacks and a practice squad quarterback, assuming. Well, Brady went to the Patriots looking to make the team and might not make the team. The preseason meant everything to Brady. Brady proved himself in camp and in the preseason, and they decided to keep him as the third quarterback. And then Brady had the chance of a lifetime and became the greatest quarterback of all time. If there's a bigger camp story than that heading into the last preseason game, I don't know of one because he turned out to be the GOAT. I don't think a guy who makes the team or gets cut here at the end is going to be the GOAT. But it could be the difference in a player that's picked up by another team and goes on to have a great career. It could be the difference in cutting a player who ends up on another team that the Raiders compete against and lose to. So there's a lot that goes into this, and especially with the coaches. 
the coaches and the scouts and Dave Ziegler's department have not come up for air since they had a little bit of time off in June, and I don't think they have any time off. I really think they work off their laptops even when they're moving their families and trying to get out here. So with all of that happening, these guys now, that whole scouting department, the coaching staff, you remember Hard Knocks. You know what it's like making that final cut. It's tough bringing those guys in and hopefully putting a few on the practice squad who can play. But knowing you're saying goodbye to a player who will never be a Raider, didn't make the team. But we're at training camp, and they have the silver and black. They got the T-shirts. They got the helmet. They got the pads. And then they're going to put it all back in the locker room, and they're going to go on to another team and never play again for the Raiders. But they experienced everything with Josh McDaniels in a camp. They worked with Matt Crosby. They worked with these guys. And hopefully they take that energy onto the rest of their career. So I really pull for those guys tonight. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 702-365-9200 on the alumni and what this means to you there. And then a little bit of sound as we open up the show from Josh McDaniels from his recent press conference. With I thought he gave us a lot. He had two press conferences this week, and I really believe the media asked a lot of tough questions, and he answered many questions about the team he used to coach, the New England Patriots. He was asked about that offense without him in charge and what they're doing on the other side of the field. You know, I saw plenty of things that you know I'm, I'm familiar with. Like I said, I don't know everything that they're doing. I mean, they probably saw as many things from us that they've never seen as we did them. You know what I mean? So I think you fit it to your personnel. And like I said, each year is an evolution. I mean, I've honestly, I've never wanted to stay the same from one year to the next because I've always been fearful of what that result would produce. Um, you know, you just – you stay the same in this league and there's great coaches and players on the other side and they just run you down, you know, and then you're trying to run the same things you ran last year and it's, you know, you, you wonder why they're not working as well. Um, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of coaches over years and that's really the, the same comment we all make is, you know, what worked one year, everyone studies and then it doesn't work the next year. So um, they, I'm sure they're evolving, we're evolving here. Um, there's plenty of things I saw yesterday that it, it, I knew, you know, and we, it was, I thought it was funny. We're, you know, we didn't have noise yesterday, so we're calling out some things in the two-minute offense, and their whole sidelines yelling, you know, what it is, you know. And I thought that was funny, but um, we didn't have much success with it. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just I think there's definitely, like I said, elements on both sides. They're probably seeing that and going, oh, I know what that is, you know, and then they're seeing something new and go, oh, that's a, that's a wrinkle here or there, so. Um, we all evolve. That's the reality. And I'm not in their meetings. I don't really know exactly how that's all, you know, being produced and all that. But um, some things that you saw that were, were clearly uh, from what we've done and, and some new stuff. All right, that's an important soundbite because that's what this pomp and circumstance has been about. It's about Josh McDaniels being proud of his team, his job, his family. He's the head coach of the Raiders. Bill Belichick came in here, called it the Taj Mahal of the NFL, the Raiders training facility. This is a proud moment for Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler to showcase the stadium and team tonight to the Patriots who are coming back later in the year. So with all of this, tonight's going to be mind-blowing for Belichick when he comes out after halftime and sees what he's about to see. And this whole stadium and the entertainment and everything that I can tell you, I can't tell you everything that's going on today, but get into that stadium and have a lot of fun. Have a lot of fun today. If you're tailgating, get out there and get after it. And tonight should be a fun night. I mean, it should be a great Friday night, and then we don't have to worry about anything. We got a lot to worry about, but the Charger game 
is what my programming looks like uh, leading up to September 11th. We'll go big on the Chargers with several Charger insiders. We'll look at the new roster and hope that the Raiders are peaking at the right time and they're healthy going into that game. Stoner dude, start us off on a Friday. How you been, bro? What's happening? Man, I am rad. Man, I am loving, man. I know it's preseason, but this is huge, JT, because, I mean, players are trying to make the cut. You got the Patriots coming to town. You got Josh McDaniels um, coaching against his former head coach. I mean, you put it all together. And the alumni weekend, I love to talk about that, JT, because, you know, I've been going for so many years to games, to to Ricky's and San Leandro, where all the alumni used to go hang out. And, of course, uh, I mean, hanging out with guys like Jack Tatum and Willie Brown and Phil Villapiano. And me, I think it's so important, especially for this new generation of Raider fans and for all these new Las Vegas Raider fans to get to see him because this is, this is what the Raiders are all about. It's about all those former great players coming back and, and paying a homage to all the old greats and, and of course, uh, you know, just tribute to the, the, great, uh, the greatness of the Raiders. Uh, you know, I want to talk about Alex Leatherwood real quick, too. I'm really rooting for him, JT, because, we, first of all, we don't got a lot at uh, offensive line anyways. We're, we don't even know what the pieces are right now anyway. So we need Alex Leatherwood to step up tonight and make the team. I still don't know who's the big defensive tackle, and I still don't know who the great – corners are going to play this game so i want to see an interception i want to see some sacks i'm looking forward to the game jt thanks for having me on and everybody have a great time at the game today you got it there he is stoner dude checking in really appreciate that 702-365-9200 yeah you know you have to buy into this what how they celebrate this alumni because it's your team they're doing it this way now there's a lot that's going to happen in the future because uh, vegas is a brand new market it's a brand new stadium there's a lot happening out here But it's great that Mark Davis is doing this. And Mark Davis is doing it, as I always tell you, because these are his friends. Like, I do great stuff with my friends. You do great stuff with your friends. And that's important. You go on a road trip. Maybe it's a football game. It's a concert. You go camping. You do do something with your core group of friends. Well, these are Mark's friends. These are the guys Mark grew up with in his age bracket and older and younger. So he wants to be around these guys and their families and their wives. I mean, the wives and the, and the girlfriends, but especially the wives who have been around for 40, 50 years. They're part of the family. And Mark spends a lot of time with them at these events. It's really important to him. On top of the fact that Mark Davis has the aces in the semifinals. And that game's coming up on Sunday. So we've got a huge weekend. The Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame is coming up uh, tonight and tomorrow night. That's going to be fantastic. Wow, what a great weekend to be in Vegas. Big Al in San Francisco. Always good to hear your analysis. Al, what's happening? I'm just looking forward to having the chance to watch the, uh, you know, the final preseason game. There's a lot of spots that are still up in the air, and obviously Waller's up. You know, the report of the Waller injury throws some things into the loop, too, on how mm. they want to be able to do things offensively. Um, so I'm actually anxious to watch the game. I'm hoping it's not a throwaway game. I think they still have some things to iron out and learn, and I don't think that they're going to learn those just you know up in Henderson. They're going to, they're, we're going to have to see it in a you know in a game time. Uh, maybe I'm the only one. I'm not as down on Leatherwood as other people are. This is his second second year, second regime. It's actually when you take a look at it, he left uh, college, so it's actually his third regime in three seasons. Mm-hmm. The guy was drafted number one for a reason, and I hope he doesn't become a political thing because he was picked by uh, you know by Mayock and Gruden that he's not any good and he won't fit our you know, our organization. The guy's a young, big, strong guy. He's a first round draft pick. Let's let's give him the proper opportunity. 
Uh, maybe he should be inside. Maybe he's not an outside guy. That's fine. But let's but let's find a way to make this work and not and and not subjugate it. A first round draft pick in the second year that doesn't make the team, that's an embarrassment to everybody. Not just him, not just the regime that drafted him, but the regime that's in place now. Let's give this guy a chance. Let's see what happens. Wow, big Al, the voice of reason there. Thanks for the call. Really appreciate you, Al. You know, the one thing I want to mention on this is that these guys who are taking over, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, they don't care where you came from, where you were drafted. It means something when they draft the player because they're invested in them, but they're super sharp and professional, and it has nothing to do with who Mike Mayock drafted. If you can play, you can play. There's been plenty of coaches in the history of the NFL that take over teams. Vince Lombardi went from the Packers to the Redskins at the time. He didn't get rid of every player, and he couldn't bring all his players from Green Bay with him. Coaches move, and when they get there, they have a roster in place. And the good news for Josh McDaniels is Max Crosby was here and Hunter Renfro and Derek Carr. They traded for Devontae, but there were core players here who are locked up for a while, and then the rest are going to compete. Now, do the players that they drafted and know better have an advantage? Yeah, that's a pretty cool topic. Who has an advantage? A running back who came over from the Patriots or a running back who's been there? Ask Kenyon Drake. I think you know the answer to that. Kenyon Drake's a hell of a player, and we wish him well. Black Hole, Thor in Summerlin. Thor, good to see you. Good to see you last night bumping into man, you. How are you? Oh, man, I'm, 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 I'm great. Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? Couldn't be better, man. Again, good to see you and some of your crew last yeah. night with these legends. It was a fun night. You too. It was, it was a great night. It was a great night with the legends out there. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of the, the, the homies I were with, it was their first time, like, you know, seeing some. So, it's it's almost fun to watch, right? Like like when they see Jim Otto get out of a car and they go crazy, and I'm like, well, I've I've kicked it with Jim at Ricky's before and stuff like that. So I'm not. I mean, obviously it's Jim. Jim to me is the greatest Raider ever, and so there's always that. Oh, it's Jim. But like, but to see people who never met Jim before be able to run up and Jim's so cool and 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 talks to people and and. And just all the the legends around, right? The mm-hmm. the Marcuses or the um, uh, Rich Gannons, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Stewie, um, Stuart Swagger. That he might not be, you know. The, yeah, he's a great guy, Stu. Stu's a great guy. As as people, he's a he's a great dude, right? Mm-hmm. So so just to be out there and be able to interact with a lot of these people, such a good time. Um, and fired up, baby. I'm fired up for the season to start, man. I, I can't wait. You know, obviously we we're, we're a little worried about the offensive line, the mm-hmm. defensive lines, but uh, you know, it's, it's to me, it's just a no excuse year. It is what it is with the line. Um, we'll see what happens with Leatherwood. I've, I've heard about the, the the stuff of oh, he's going to be traded or cut. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. That's not my job yeah. to tell. Um, he's just not he just doesn't look to be that dude he should be as a he's top not five pick in the nfl draft yep. and you know what happens all the time people miss on on picks mm-hmm. in the nfl draft it sucks that we we have a, with a lot of our high picks recently of recent years um but you know with the people they put out there they're they're just gonna have to find a way to make absolutely. it absolutely thor i gotta and, run and, bottom of the hour i gotta oh, jump in here i'll see you out at the game see you at oh, the tailgate great seeing you again last night black hole for life for show for show all good for life black you hole raider nation for life black hole raider nation right, appreciate that thank you thor thanks for checking in here you know i, I like what thor, thor said there he's a big part of the black hole 
this is a no-excuse year. There's no excuses around the Raiders, right? They got 200-plus alumni in town. None of those guys played an excuse season. There's no excuses. Whoever the offensive lineman on the right is going to be, right tackle, there's going to be no excuse for anybody. Play with the players you got and go win games with one of the toughest schedules out there. Brutal schedule. And Vegas hasn't budged off the number, eight and a half for the win total. That was the monologue. Thanks for everybody starting us off today. It really means a lot. 702-365-9200 brought to you by PTs. That's the place to go to watch the game tonight if you're not going to the game. PTs fuels the monologue with 64-plus taverns in town. Yeah, I, I definitely I feel like we did some good things today. Uh, you know, I love being out there with, with a full group. Um, you know, Bilal's a great player. Um, Klee, um, having him back is great. You know, so, uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, there's definitely some room for improvement. Um, we just got to keep getting better as a group. You know, obviously we haven't had a ton of reps together, but, um, you know, we've been in the film room together, and um, we're just trying to talk through things and get, get better one day at a time. It's Max Crosby, JT, back with you, brought to you by Resorts World, where the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame will be holding that gala for the next two nights. Rich Murata, the founder of it, Floyd Mayweather will be there. We had Ray Mercer on yesterday there. I think is 14 to 16 former champions there getting inducted. It's a big deal if you're into boxing. I'm a diehard boxing guy. I only miss this event when we have a Raider game. We have a Raider game tonight, but I'll be heading over to Resorts World later on tonight if you're a boxing fan. Go see what they do at Resorts World, man. The concerts that they pulled off, the big events, Zook Nightclub, 8 Cigar Lounge, the vision of Scott Sabella, and everything that's happened in the doghouse, and that great sports book, which is inside doghouse, so you can place your bets and be with us for Monday Night Football. I don't know how to say this lightly about Max Crosby, but I talked to someone last night at the Raider event that said Max is just destroying people. And I said, elaborate to me. And they said, I'll leave it at that. He's destroying people. So we didn't get a lot in the New England joints with Max. I couldn't see a lot of it in the trenches. But the one thing about this offensive line, if they've gone against Max, and I just started thinking about it with Leatherwood and Illuminor and Lester Cotton Sr. But if you're dealing with the disruption of Max Crosby every day in practice when you're in pads and you're doing drills, you're not going to gain a lot of confidence unless you're able to slow down Max Crosby. And from what I heard, no one's slowing him down. And I asked this individual, compare Max to Chandler Jones to me. And he said, wow, it's interesting you said that. Chandler seems to feed off of Max. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, when Max gets going in these practices, Chandler's the ultimate pro, ultimate pro, but he feeds off of that. So those two guys got to have a big year. And I don't know if the over-under is on this because I know there's a total sack number on both these guys. But who's going to have more sacks? Max Crosby and Chandler Jones or the duo of Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa? It should be pretty close. I mean, I don't think Mack hasn't lost a step. He's lost probably an eighth of a step. Khalil Mack's a great player. Bosa is also really good, but Bosa at times doesn't have big games against the Raiders and you can run right at him. Uh, Max is just starting his career against the Chargers, and Chandler Jones has played in this league a long time. So I can't wait to see what plays out there. It's going to be fun to watch this defensive line. Defensive line is going to have to play great 
so the guys on the back end are able to make more plays. That's the only way I see it happening. If Max and Chandler aren't getting to the quarterback, that leaves the cornerbacks out on an island way too long for my liking. Snow Raider in Lake Tahoe. You're up next on the flagship. What's happening? Hey, JT, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Uh, I, want to, I want to start off by thanking you and the morning tailgate and queue. Raider Nation Radio is plain every day for me. I love it. Thank you. Even uh, in the fact that you guys do this now. Um, the alumni scenario you were asking about, I, uh, I'm originally from Chicago. I equate it to when the Cubs started having their convention back in the early 90s. Now every pro team has a, a convention in the offseason for their fans. That's what Mark Davis and the Raiders are doing with this alumni thing. I think it's great, and it's forging the way. I had the pleasure of meeting Gene Upshaw mm-hmm. and his wife, I know, who was recently out there yeah, the Hall of Fame thing. Uh, I get goosebumps. Like it's, it's still hard to talk about because I miss him, and it was such a pleasure to meet him. What a gentleman! I have two jerseys. I have a Walter Payton jersey, originally from Chicago, but the first Super Bowl I remember watching was in '76 with Jack Tatum. I even did a book report on him in grade school. I only got a C on it, but hey, uh, I wish I would have had the pleasure of meeting Tatum and having him sign my Mitchell Ness jersey. Mm-hmm. And in closing out. Thanks again for everyone. Next time you're out here, I know you were uh, in, out skiing here this past winter. Yeah. Let's do some turns together, brother. No doubt. I'll be there. I love going to Tahoe, and I love Tahoe as much as in the summer as I love it in the winter. Man, Tahoe has a big place in my heart. From my 10 years of doing the show from the American Century Golf Tournament to just my buddies, we go skiing a couple times a year, and a quick one's always Tahoe up to Heavenly. We know the resorts up there, know the restaurants, and love it. And then you go to Tahoe in the summertime. Oh, yeah, the views from the boat. Water is chilly, but you get in as you're baking, and you, you just hang out on a raft or a cushion in Tahoe in the summertime, and the sun is so strong, the water is so cold. It's one of the most refreshing things you can do. I love Tahoe, and it's a big part of the Raider Nation. You were mentioning Terry Upshaw. She was at the event last night, proving again what Mark Davis does. This is the widow of Gene Upshaw, and she's invited. Clem Daniels, a widow, she's there. There's a lot of wives of players who are not here. They're invited to this event, which is pretty cool. Go Raiders. Love that about that. And a lot of other teams do it. They just don't do it at this level. This level is really intense. Nash is in Houston, obviously listening on the Raiders mobile app or the feed. What's happening, Nash? Hey, thank you for taking my call, JT. Making me jealous for not being out there. I'd love to come out there and be part of that uh, Raider Nation alumni. It sounds like a lot of fun, but... Mm-hmm. Hey, you just brought up uh, a good point as far as, like, who's got the advantage. And I think there'll be some battles to watch with that, whether you're talking about wide receivers, whether it's, you know, somebody like Coles versus uh, uh, J.T. Uh, Turner, mm-hmm. or even on the defensive line when you look at some of the guys that have been around, whether it's Farrell or Vickers versus some of the guys they brought in, like Pecco, Billings, mm-hmm. and Lancaster. I mean, certainly can't see practice, but to me it'll be interesting to see because it looks like there's – you know, like a game of musical chairs, there's, uh, you know, only a few chairs left, and there's more people lying around those chairs and defensive line uh, and the, uh, even the offensive line, too, mm. to see if they keep somebody like a Brandon Parker yeah, versus bring somebody in. And, you know, they paid Brandon some big money to stay, but, you know, he hasn't been able to play just like Clee. So it's be mm. interesting to see what those guys are on the final roster. Thanks for the call. I listened to Vinny today on the morning tailgate. Thanks for the call, and he mentioned that. 
And when you look at Brandon Parker, he could start the year on IL, and then they can bring him off IL. And, you know, they're going to have to have a roster spot for him if they do that. And, yeah, he was, he was part of the future. I think this new regime liked him, and it's too bad he got injured. It really is. It's too bad he got injured because he had an opportunity, had a starting opportunity. And uh, Vic Tafer retweeted the athletic column today. All-pro right tackle Mitchell Swartz was brought in to break down Alex Leatherwood. The title of the column, Alex Leatherwood has the tools to excel at tackle, but his biggest technical flaw is causing him to snowball in the wrong direction. What's wrong with Raiders' Alex Leatherwood? And they brought in a former pro bowler, and I read the article, and I looked at the still shots. It's ugly. I mean, that Miami game could be the reason he loses his job. And he'll get picked up quickly, quickly. And the $14 million is a lot of money in the NFL. It's not that much. But, yeah, when you guarantee that type of money for a young player who comes in and is slotted to make that type of money and what the, hit, the cap hit could be going forward, you know, part of that comes into play. You know, I don't think you can get rid of everybody you want who's an expensive player. You don't have to pick up their fifth-year option like they did with Josh Jacobs. You don't have to offer them a new contract ahead of time. That's the scenario Darren Waller's in. But when you take a player like Leatherwood, 17 overall, and you pay him that money because he's slotted quarterback money, that's quarterback money, 17 overall in the first round. There are quarterbacks who are in that slot. And he got quarterback money to play offensive line, and it looks like he's struggling. He's struggling hard. And we're trying to find anything positive going into this game tonight. I'll talk about it on the pregame show with Eric Allen. Eric is on the field. He's talking to coaches. He's great. He's breaking down film. Maybe Eric will have a nugget as we start, start at 315 on why he thinks Alex Leatherwood's safe. I don't know who's safe or not. Again, I like the shows after the cuts. So then I have the final 53, and we can go balls out talking about who's going to be here, who's going to be a big part of this going forward. Man, we're cruising. Nice rhythm today. Appreciate everybody checking in. Alan in Vegas, thanks for waiting. You're up next. Go ahead. Hey, JT. And on that note, it's tough to read all the articles in the national media just piling on Alex Leatherwood and his struggles. So for him tonight, simply put, he just needs to own the night. That guy in front of Alex, just push him back 10 yards, pancake him. He shouldn't be anywhere near the line tonight, Alex. Just focus on your duties and your job. Forget about the fans. And I know he's playing in front of over 200, not to Raider grades, but NFL grades. But forget about the colors. Tonight, Alex, is just about just focus on doing your job. And if he does that, he will not be packing his bags because mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential there. But yeah, for yeah. some reason, it has to come through. So I'm rooting for you, Alex. Yeah, so are we. We're definitely rooting for him. Thanks for the call. I'm, I'm rooting for him. He seems to be a great guy. Played at Alabama. Hasn't been a problem in the community. Everybody likes Alex. Good guy and a good teammate, and I think he's going to make the team. If I'm wrong, you know where to find me on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, and it's Dave Ziegler's decision, and he's damn good at this early. This is really, as you know, Dave Ziegler's first opportunity to put his name on it. He's going to put his name on it on these cuts. These are the players that he doesn't think can go forward with this team, this group going forward. That's going to say a lot. It's going to tell you about the money, the finances, what they need to do, what they have to do, and who's going to play. And throw out your resume, throw out what you did in the past. You're now playing every day on film for this new regime. Remy Martin, 1738 Cognac, is all about sharing great moments. Just like these great Raider moments from the past. The Heidi game, the Holy Roller, Red Ride 88, 
Super Bowl eleven, Super Bowl fifteen, Super Bowl eighteen, and Alumni Weekend. Remy Martin and seventeen thirty eight cognac. We appreciate Remy Martin for fueling us and getting us going and partnering with us heading into Raiders Alumni Weekend, which is going to be a big one. 702-365-9200. We got some gambling talk next hour. America's favorite sports gambler. Oh, this is going to be good. Bill Krakenberger sat down with me at Virgin Hotels and went on a master class on how to gamble because he's transparent and real. He's made millions of dollars winning as a gambler. Our conversation with him and Gilbert Manzano, who's covered the Raiders, last year the Chargers, and now he's covering the Rams as we go around the league on this Friday. Coach Belichick, his name is Bill Belichick, and Josh is Josh McDaniels. Yeah, um, that's that's what I'll leave there. How's that? Um, no, but um, I mean, obviously they have different levels of experience and um, they have different coaching styles. I feel like Bill's a defensive coach and Josh, I think, is an offensive coach. So we'll, we'll leave it there. How's that? Yeah, it's fine by me. <laughs> that's fine by me. Chandler Jones, JT, back with you. Good to have you. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, come see me at the Torch. We're trying to get some good momentum there, and there's a lot happening. There is a big, big, big ceremony happening at the game today. Uh, One of the biggest, if not the biggest, in Raider history. Preseason game for a reason. There's a lot of bells and whistles going off today. What they do behind the scenes for these games, it could be a DJ, it could be the house band, which is incredible. The house band is remarkable, and they built out that stage in front of the torch. And then the entertainment that they'll have throughout the course of the year is five-star. I know fans want to win football games. So do I. It's the most important thing. But it's also a place for entertainment. And this is a massive entertainment venue. Just had the weekend perform there to an amazing crowd there. So you go to a Raider game, you're going to get some entertainment, and you're going to get some entertainment today. But it's going to be old-school entertainment, which I'm really excited to be a part of. That'll be halftime today. Let's get out to... Ruben in Vegas. Ruben, thanks for waiting. You're up next. Go ahead. Thank you, JT. I just want to talk real quick about the alumni. The first Raider I ever met alumni was Art Powell in California. And I've met with Newski, uh, Otto, Branch, you know, Morrison, Plunkett, Woodson, whatnot. But that's why I'm personally going to the game tonight, just because it's alumni weekend. And just to have a good time and enjoy the vibe. And I just can't wait for tonight, man. I got my clothes at work. I'm going to mm-hmm. shower upstairs. Walk across that little pathway that we got right yeah. there by the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there at the game. Good. Good to see you there. Appreciate it. That's why I woke up today. I woke up at the Delano, and I looked out the window, and I was like, man, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here and go. I'm a local. I woke up at the Delano where I'm going to be staying, and I said, man, I lo- I'm empty nesters now with my wife. My wife had to be back home because we got a dog. We're not going to leave, obviously, overnight. And I woke up down there this morning, and I just said, man, I'd love to live in a hotel. From time, not all the time, because everybody outside Vegas thinks we all live in hotels out here. You talk to someone, where do you live? You live on the Strip? No, we don't live on the Strip. I live in Summerlin. There's a lot of great towns here all throughout Vegas. But every once in a while, it's great to be a local and wake up in a resort hotel with that view. Man, I know the Delano's close to the stadium, but man, it looks right into it. And he's talking about Hacienda Bridge where a lot of people park at Mandalay Bay or the Delano or the Luxor, and then they go over the bridge. They walk over the bridge. 
And this is probably one of the hottest times you'll ever do that. At the end of August or in a late July, early August concert. And then on game day with the beer gardens and everything they do out there, it's a pretty nice walk. And a lot of people also could take the transit. You could take the bus right there. I guess these buses, my buddy MJ, in charge of all that, these buses are $2 each way. Really easy. And everybody I talk to takes the bus from all over town. Love it. It's $4 round trip. You get on an air-conditioned bus, you go right to the game, you walk over the bridge, and, and you're out of there. Or if you've got a parking pass. Or if you'll be with me and J-Lot with the black hole, which you can't wait for that party. God, can't imagine what that's going to look like uh, before the Arizona game as the Raiders need to come out of L.A. 1-0. And if they're not, that Arizona game looks really different. The opportunity to go 2-0 or 1-1, we're playing the Raiders up, obviously, to beat the Chargers. In that first game, the Chargers have not had a great preseason. Denver has not had a great preseason. Kansas City looks loaded, absolutely loaded again. And Patrick Mahomes played a bunch. I mentioned Mac Jones. Supposedly, Mac Jones is going to play a little tonight, maybe a quarter. Uh, We'll know for sure when we get there, but I think he needs to play. That offense struggled. We had Phil Perry and Greg Bedard on, two Patriot insiders. They said camp was rough. And it wasn't easy here. I mean, they were looking for something positive to say from the joint practices. And it was day two of joint practices where they were able to see, you know, and get a little bit out of Mac Jones. But other than that, they've had a bad camp. It hasn't been great. So this isn't a photo op for Belichick tonight. Belichick wants to keep his team healthy. I'm sure he's been going out to dinner. I'm sure he's been loving this. He was down with Dana White. They took the whole Patriot franchise over to UFC headquarters. Belichick put on a belt and got in the octagon, so they had a lot of fun with that. And I think those guys in the organization is going to leave and head back to New England England and say, man, Vegas is something. Vegas can really put on a good football show, and the practice facility was outstanding. All right, we got a couple of interviews coming up this hour, and then I'm racing over to the stadium. We'll be out there at the Torch from 3.15 to 5, and then the game will start, and that'll be – uh, really good on the call tonight. Got Jason Horowitz, Lincoln Kennedy, Tim Cates back in studio, uh, myself along with Eric Allen. And that all starts at 6.15 Eastern for our listeners who are streaming the show back east, 3.15 Pacific time. So uh, busy day today. A lot of radio for me today, but I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to do it. All right, hour number two coming up next. Uh, we're brought to you by Sam and Ash. My wife brought me a salmon ash coffee today in a salmon ash coffee cup. Home brewed, which we appreciate it because you deserve what's right. We'll see you at the torch, everybody. We'll be there before 3 o'clock. And we're going to have a great next hour and enjoy the game tonight.